Texas town of El Paso, I fell in love with a Mexican girl. Nighttime would find me in Rose's Cantina, music would play and Felina would whirl. Sorry, so have you ever actually read The Halloween Tree? Yes. Bill, do you... Are you kidding me? You made me watch the TV show. But and I, I told I, you about how much I love the book. Well, I got the book this week. Good on you. It's a good book, motherfucker. Yeah, it's got great cover art. Look at this yeah. shit. Look at that. Look, it's that's really beautiful. pretty. Yeah, it's like a skull, but it's actually a person with a coat for yeah. no reason. Oh, I guess it's supposed to be some kind of like uh, Parisian. Yeah. This is funny because I didn't realize uh, Ray Bradbury actually wrote like books for kids. Yeah. Because this is very specifically, uh, it seems to be aimed towards. Yeah, the reading level is like like grade four or something like that. But uh, yeah, I have not read much uh, Ray Bradbury, so. Me either, to be honest with you. And considering that I almost stepped on the guy's foot once at Comic Con, I always <laughs> felt like <laughs> to make it up for him, I should go back and actually read some more of his stuff. I've read you know lots of stuff that has been influenced by Ray Bradbury, but yeah. You know, sure. Sure. Not actually a lot of the. Uh, Ray Bradbury and Richard Matheson, those are two horror-slash-science-fiction writers I've always wanted to read more of. Yeah, absolutely, me too. Okay, hold on. Yeah, for a second there, I think I fucked up the camera, so it was only going on me, which is the most important part, let's be honest here. Mm. All right. Hey, everybody, it is uh, a beautiful day outside here in scenic Portland, Oregon, so of course we are spending it indoors to gibber at you about garbage. It's the Boy Howdy Podcast. I'm Annie. I'm Bill. It is Sunday, October 6th. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to Halloween. Bill, are you excited? Oh, hell yes. I've got all my movies. I spent uh, a big chunk. Wait, did I talk about this last week? How um, I, I posted to Tumblr a list of my uh, the, the 10 uh, scary movies I, I always watch every year. No, you didn't. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll post a link to that in the show notes. Uh, I'll probably end up uh, essentially also putting up on Tumblr a list of my favorite Halloween-y kind of books and stuff. But yeah, I posted a list of on Tumblr, uh, just a list and descri- a brief description uh, of these movies and why I tend to watch them every uh, uh, October in preparation for Halloween. And I don't know, it's 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 I don't know how much of that stuff it actually uh, made you watch before, but it's all good movies. I got good taste in movies. I got better taste in movies than anyone else. That's all. This I'm is true, say. Bill. That's one thing I've noticed about our friendship. Uh, uh-huh. Hold on, I am going. I'm going to ruin our podcast by tweeting about us broadcasting uh-huh. right now okay yeah once again we are recording from our separate layers because this week my excuse is i am laid up with a really gross spider bite that went really really bad so so what happened this week because things seem to even go worse from what they were last week speak speaking of spooky scary halloween stuff what happened with the spider bite so no i mean things progressed naturally the way they're supposed to things came to a head so to speak it exploded i'm not going to use the word blood or pus because that has been my life this week i love the fact that like it seems like most of the damage you've actually received from the spider bite wasn't actually from the spider bite itself but that you cooked yourself with a heating pad well i had to the way you pull the infection out and cause things to come to a head i like that we lost a viewer because i'm talking about this um uh, <laughs> i don't blame them 
we uh, uh, the way you do that is by by putting a, doing hot compresses and stuff. So I didn't know that. I thought if anything that would agitate the infection and kind of I don't know. Well, when I first got whatever it was and didn't know what it was, I kept putting cold on it because it was yeah. so fucking hot to the touch, and I thought, well, you bring it down, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I went into my doctor, and he was like, no, 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 put a compress on that shit. It makes it draws the infection out. It caused things to progress the way they're supposed to in the gross, gross way your body deals with this garbage. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I have to keep putting a compress on it too. But yeah, no, so I kept going to work because I have to go to fucking work. And there was this three inch inflamed piece of flesh on my torso that I have to keep putting a hot compress on four to six times a day for 20 to 30 minutes a time. Now, what exactly is a hot compress? Is it just like a hot towel or something? Oh, no, no, no. You get like a either like a, you know, like an ice pack sort of thing, only like a hot pack. I actually got this. Um, is it uh, one of those things you can put in the microwave or the freezer? And yeah. it just kind of does it. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of the blue gel pack things. But what I, I had actually... a crazy bad headache that kept me up for 36 hours straight this week that I used to, to try to like calm my the side of my head that was being affected by the headache. It didn't do anything, but I think that's what I was using. Yeah. 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 So I also, I got, because I was having to be up at my desk all day, I yeah. got uh, uh, this, cl- from, from my healthcare <sighs> provider, I got like this clay pack. Yeah. Like this heated clay pack with this wrap, and that molds to your body. So I did that all week, and but the thing is, this spider bite was right underneath my boobs. So it was like, like that's this seems like one in a perfect world you would be able to stay home and just lift your boob up and just like that's how you just spend the next like thirty six yeah. hours of your life. Instead, just like, yeah. I just uh, slow cooked my tit all week and uh, have. Yeah. When I showed it to my doctor, he went, "Ah, oh, that looks like that hurts." I was like, "Thanks, yeah. doc. Is that your medical co- opinion? Thanks, thanks, bro." <laughs> I like how just in time for Obamacare to kick in, both of our bodies completely rebelled against uh, <laughs> against us. The difference is um, that I have health insurance as it yeah, is. Yeah, whereas I, well, to be fair, I did not cook myself. My maladies are completely inside my head, where I just. Every couple of weeks, I get, like, massive headaches that keep me from sleeping sometimes. Yeah. Uh, just, like, a couple times a year. And this just happened this week where, yeah, there was, it was, like, a Wednesday through Thursday. I could not sleep for uh, 36 hours. So I was up for 36 straight hours. I was a little bit loopy by Friday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, but I did, in the last two days, I slept both nights 12 hours straight. Oh, jeez. So bro. I've gotten so much sleep. I, don't, I think I'm going back to sleep now because I love sleep so much. It's beautiful. Billy, going to gently mom you. Have you been drinking lots of water? So much water. Okay, good. I was. Did, did, have you ever heard, heard about the was it Burning Man? Their um, they have a little like little zine they send out to people that's news about Burning Man throughout the year. It's called uh, Piss Clear, I think it's called, because that's that's what you're supposed to do at Burning Man is drink enough water so that when you pee it comes out clear. Sure. Yeah. Keep yourself. Uh, I was I was peeing clear fairy water. <laughs> Just like oh, glitter, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where I thought maybe it was a toothache because if I was drinking water for some reason, it would kind of help. If I was drinking cold water, it would kind of help the headache a little bit. It was only on one side of my head, but it was kind of this. Ah, it's kind of a weird thing, but it eventually went away. But mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, but this is ah, whatever. Don't worry, Doctor Obama's coming. He's going. I figured if I had brain cancer, it would have killed me already because this has been going on for oh, years. Jesus so this God. is a cyclical thing. I think it's because there's a bird in my head laying eggs. <laughs> The only, I, the only possible well, conclusion, friend. There are some great witch doctor websites uh-huh. online. Witch uh-huh. doctor advice. Because oh, man, I refuse to Google any of my conditions after my bite. I'm like, I am not Googling this. There's no Why way. Why do you need to see pictures? Well, can you, all you're going to find is pictures and descriptions of stuff of people who've gotten bitten by a spider like you have, but where it's necrotized and half yeah. their arm fell off yeah. or... 
Like, they got spider eggs in their eyeball or something. Uh, you don't want to know about that. That can happen. You're already... At least you're healing, though, right? Because everything... All your oh, yeah. fluids burst in yeah. and all the things flew yep. out, all the yep. meat. Yes, yes. Yes, that's so exactly what So do you have a happened. hole in your chest now that yes, you put, like, hide some pennies in? I could... It is... You could fit a... Uh, if you unbent a, uh, like, a paper clip... You yeah. can poke the paperclip without it touching my body into my body. Yep. That sounds erotic. Isn't and, it and though? And no sex. That's the worst thing. It was when your boobs fall apart, you can't have sex. It, it's not. It required a lot more forethought. I'll say that. It's uh, horny and infected. The Annie Maloney story. <laughs> anyway, Bill, how are you doing? Uh, I'm horny and infected. Oh well. What else is new? Um. Uh, oh, you know what was it? Did we already pass the day in Last of Us where everyone gets infected and everyone starts turning into fungus? Yes, that was September 26th, and I got really stupidly excited because they had talked about how they were going to start talking about DLC that week. Did they? They, they, like, they started mentioning that there is DLC, like, really, like, that much. But Thanks, I guys. Was That's great marketing. I was convinced that, uh, that, uh... Uh, Outbreak Day was like some sort of viral thing to spread awareness for their DLC, but no. But no, they just said they just admitted there was DLC. There's no details about it or anything. They showed a, a screenshot and like kind of gave a timeline sort of thing. Is it single player about... DLC, not to this yeah. multiplayer stuff? Oh, okay. Yeah, this is a big deal because this is Naughty Dog's first time doing multiplayer DLC. But no, wait, you mean single here... player? right? I'm sorry. Yeah, single player DLC. Yeah. But here is what I've gleaned from my nerdy research. So when I met Neil Druckmann and Bruce Daly, my best friends, have mentioned them, Neil and Bruce, at uh, PAX, I, when I gibbered at them, I mentioned how much I enjoyed American Dreams, the um, Last of Us comic they did with Faith Aaron Hicks, Neil Druckmann mm-hmm. did. And uh, Neil Druckmann said, if you liked the comic, you're really going to like the DLC. Then this week, Neil Druckmann mentioned that he saw a capture performance that actually made him cry. And in response, a woman uh, uh, tweeted to him, yeah, you're welcome. And I looked at her, and she had been uh, tweeting a lot about hanging out with um, the girl who plays Ellie this week. Mm-hmm. And I think she was, like, this young African-American woman. So my theory is that it's about um, American Dreams deals with her uh, Ellie's friend who connects her to the Fireflies sort of thing. and how she meets up with she gets her knife and all that sort of stuff but it's implied heavily in the game that her ellie's friend gets bit and turns Mm -hmm. and uh, at the same time that ellie gets bit so my theory leading with this information is that the dlc is about how ellie gets bit it's a direct prequel okay that makes sense but they don't actually describe exactly how that happens in the comic nope oh Oh, no the comic ends well before that happens Okay. Yeah, which surprised me. I presumed the comic was going to explore that theme. They but it makes sense this... that they were saving it for DLC. Did they at least say when this DLC is supposed to be coming out? Um, I think they said within the Before next... Before the end of the year? I think they did. I can't remember now. But they're working. Okay. I mean, they're still doing capture for it right now, so I don't know, man. Oh, yeah, that sounds kind of... That's a, that's a pretty short window. If they're still doing capture right now, and for that to come out by like by Christmas, that, that's a pretty short goddamn window. Well, I guess uh, the the Bioshock Infinite DLC must be coming along pretty mu- uh, pretty quickly because yeah, Polygon I guess had a lot a more of that of got leaked this week. Yeah, or yeah. not leaked, but like there's a whole opening cutscene you can see now where it's what's her face walking around the office saying, "I want you to find this girl. My name's Elizabeth. Elizabeth, whatever my last name. Let's have sex, even though I'm your daughter." Um, but I'm I'm kind of go I'm gonna go. 
on a uh, media blackout in terms of DLC for either of those games. Yeah. Because I like those stories uh, enough that... Although, man, still fuck Bioshock Infinite. I'm still, yeah. I'm still a little burned by Bioshock Infinite. I still like how that story wrapped up and everything like that, but, like... Yeah. I Did they say if the DLC for Bioshock Infinite is supposed to be more story-based rather than combat-based? They have. They oh, have. Okay. It, I, I mean, do not want to fight anymore in Bioshock Infinite. The big thing they say in Bioshock Infinite is that the, um, the first part of the DLC actually is just you exploring a non-violent rapture. Oh, that's right. I forgot it's coming in two halves, and one, one is, one is yep. uh, Elizabeth flavor, and the other one's what's-his-face flavored. The other guy. The other one. I do not want to I know. If I never have to wield a gun in a Bioshock game again, Jesus, the combat in those games are... I... Oh my fuck! I can't believe how disappointing Bioshock. It's just, I. It's funny how much I've completely pushed Bioshock Infinite out of my head for the most yeah. of the summer. Now it's all just rushing back to me how disappointed I was in that game. Yeah, I was tweeting the other day. I was like, <sighs> how between I played the demo for Beyond Two Souls. I should talk about that a little bit. Between well, that and Last of Us and um, uh, Tomb Raider and Hate Plus and Gone Home, it's been a good year for ladies and games, all things considered. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, a friend of the podcast, Matt Grigsby, went, what about Bioshock Infinite? And I was like, yeah, what about Bioshock Infinite? I would not, I enjoyed Elizabeth okay, but I would not lump her in the uh, good year for video game ladies category. Well, she was an okay partner, but... She was, but she was just that. She was, Well, yeah, she wasn't, not to say a playable character. It's not like she's, it's not like, let's put it this way. Just because you can play as Princess Peach... In New Super Mario World 3D that's coming out this year, it's not necessarily make that a better character, a better player experience than having Elizabeth on your side as your side character, Bioshock Infinite. Not just saying that making a character playable suddenly makes them more interesting. Yeah, playing but... uh, playing Last of Us and Bioshock Infinite like within the same time frame really yeah. kind of cast in a really harsh light Elizabeth. Well, even Last of Us, you're not playing as Ellie for very long. No, it's, um, I'm not but... talking about just straight up playable characters, though. I mean, the fact that she is playable is huge and yeah, powerful, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. But just as a character, it's so much stronger than Elizabeth and her relationship with. You could be cheap, and many people have by saying, "Oh, it's just another father daughter story." But which in... I am getting tired of this whole thing where you're just yeah, a grizzled yeah, old guy yeah, uh-huh. protecting some young girl. Uh-huh. I mean, that just within the last two years, that's become that's already become a stereotype within games. My point um, is, is that. That uh, but, uh, Last of Us does it exceedingly well, whereas but yeah, it's kind of done well not. enough. This is the last time I kind of want to see that dynamic in a game for a while. Mm-hmm. Like this is it between The Walking Dead and this and mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. In fact, I saw a trailer for some indie platformer the other day, and it looked kind of like a Castlevania thing. I think it was called like Blood of the Werewolf or something. But mm-hmm. what's most remarkable about it is that in the game you play a uh, werewolf whose partner is killed and child is kidnapped, and you go on a ramp- rampage to save your child. But the twist, and this was like, I was like, I have no interest in playing this game, but I'll buy it, is that you're the mom. Your mom, you're the mother chasing after everything. That's actually kind of cool, yeah. I mean, that's a small thing, but I was like, yeah. okay, yeah. How many, how many games have you ever been able to play as a mom? Ever. Wasn't there an example recently where it was really remarkable because you were a mom? Haven't we... I mean, I guess was it? Well, what's 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 the Capcom game where you're playing as the wolf goddess? Okami. Okami. I think she was a, mo- but that's a goddess mother thing. That's not quite like a human mother like. Um. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. 
Lots I'm, of dads, a lot of dad figures, but never any uh, maternal mom. There's hard to find even maternal mom figures in games, much less playable ones. I'm trying to so think. So many of them are dead or kidnapped or... Yeah. Yeah. When is a game when you've played a mom? I feel like I have. But yeah, that I'm having to obvious think that miss Because it seems like such an obvious story hook. But, I don't know. Um, the thing is, is that uh, we're... Um, you know, I, I was look, as I was looking at that platformer i'm like i like it as just like an alternative i don't want to say cheap but an alternative easy motivational factor as opposed to just like a kidnapped girlfriend sort of thing it's a nice reverse on the damsel in distress sort of trope it's still funny that's you're you're going after a girl that's been kidnapped but at least there's in that case it's a boy bill so wait so there is a demo for what the hell's it called there's a demo out for beyond two souls on ps3 um I, you know, it's funny. I enjoyed it, and I'm gonna play it, buy the game, and I'm looking forward to it. But um, you're gonna hate it. I'll just tell you right now. Don't even bother. Oh, I, c- it. I couldn't fucking stand Heavy Rain. That was a piece of shit. It's just funny. Like this guy, this studio's full throated commitment to quick time events. Like their belief. Is it that, still really just? It's just yeah. Heavy Rain Part Two again. Yeah. In terms oh, of gameplay, it is entirely uh, quick time <sighs> events. That's not to say I can't enjoy a game unless you're like looking down the barrel of a gun or something like that directly but like well the thing is is that it's i i'm a pretty easy um audience as far as this thing go these things go if i'm emotionally involved in a moment i don't think twice about what i'm doing especially if it's done naturally if i'm led in a direction i'm very easily led by gameplay and um, the thing is is that that and if you're easily emotionally manipulated easily emotionally engaged and easily drawn towards doing the most obvious gameplay thing, then you're going to have a good time playing these games. But the thing is, is that, and this came up in Heavy Rain too, the only problem with that is that the gameplay is so shallow in that yeah. it's just this quick time event stuff, that if you break, if you somehow do something wrong, you break not only the gameplay, you break the emotional tension of the moment. Um, so the one thing that's interesting in the heavy, or excuse me, in the um, uh, Beyond Two Souls demo is it. Oh, it's kind of two parts. One is kind of a tutorial thing, and the other is like this this chase scene, fight scene thing. So the uh, tutorial bit uh, is you're playing the baby Ellen Page, uh, who uh, trundles into this lab and is experimented on. And it's to introduce you to this whole concept of this disembodied entity that she's connected to. And you can switch between either Baby Ellen Page or this entity, Aiden. Is the entity played by Willem Dafoe? No. Because oh, okay. I know he shows up in it, but oh, okay. He's kind of the father figure, a scientist ah. guy. So anyway, uh, so Aiden is um, very clearly has his own, has no way of communicating, but he's a mischievous spirit. And they assume that you, as a gamer, when you're presented with an environment, that you're going to fuck around. And um, if it gives you the ability to do something, you're going to do it. Especially in an environment where you have very few options. The the first time I played through, you know, what the way it's set up is that there are two rooms, each with a test subject. One baby Ellen Page and one this poor woman. Um, And 
baby Ellen Page is uh, has these cards in front of her, and the woman has the same cards in front of her, and the woman picks up a card with the symbol on it. Oh, and these then, are like the Ghostbuster cards? It's, yeah. And baby yeah. Ellen Page connects with Aiden, and Aiden flies through and sees the cards and comes back and tells baby Ellen Page, and Ellen Page is able to pick the right card. So you do this a couple of times, and but you can also, as Aiden, you can go through walls, not only to the other chamber, but you can go into the testing room where mm-hmm. they're being observed, and you can fuck with things. Like, you can fuck with the computer, and you can take control of a dude, and like, but here, it's all very mischievous. And, um... Then what happens is, after you've done the shape identification thing a couple of times, one of the scientists says, "Can you? Uh, there are some blocks in the room, can you knock the blocks over? And he does. And uh, Can you do touch anything else in the room? At which point, all of these items that before were not selectable are. And you can go, oh, I guess I can knock over this bottle of water. Oh, I can knock over the chair. Oh, I can destroy this camera. Oh, I can knock this this way and knock this that way. I can rip the air conditioning off the wall. And as you're going through, you're creating all this chaos and you're freaking out the test subject. And you're freaking out the scientist and Ellen Page is crying. And you're just flying around. That sounds actually kind of cool. Well, yeah. it's interesting because it's kind of this nice reversal of the horror trope where you like it's this kind of like not very interesting horror sequence. But since you're the agent of horror, it's a little more interesting. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I played it through and I was like, oh, well, that was kind of interesting and then uh, the next day I decided to go back and replay it with Foley and I was like well knowing what's going to happen next what if I just choose not because in the moment I was really emotionally engaged with that and I was like oh this is kind of interesting kind of great and I could see all this terrifying but on the other hand as this weird spirit that's literally not connected to this world of course I'm going to fuck with shit I don't care they're fucking mm-hmm. with Ellen Page but bro I'm going to fuck them up and uh, for the second time through, just with the kind of clinical distance and no emotional engagement whatsoever and just showing it to my wife, I was like, what happens yeah. if I just kind of go in there and do two things and then this test subject freaks out and then I just sit there? So there's no, like, story or emotional component to it? It's just like you're floating around but there's no, like, reason for you to be there or be invested in the spirit character or whatever? Well, the the spirit and baby Ellen Page are connected. Like, literally, there is a tether like a, to help kind of visually... Um, tether a you piece of string, yeah. but um, yeah, you 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 and she are for whatever reason bound, and I presume the game will explore See, that. I the writing in Heavy Rain was bullshit to me, and oh, yeah. I, I, I I hate the shit on Heavy Rain just because it's a QTE game because uh, QTE games don't have to be terrible. I mean, we were just talking about how much we dug The Walking Dead, or at least I walked I dug The Walking Dead. And the Walking Dead is essentially what one big QTE game too. If anything, The Walking Dead is just a David Cage game, but with competence. Very, yeah, but yeah, what well, with like a lot less technical polish, but with actual decent writing and characters you can be engaged with. Whereas David Cage, he just has this vague idea of like, you know, here's a world and you can interact with all this different stuff, and here's a QTE, but I'm not really that interested in telling an interesting story or having these interesting characters and and I don't really care if any of the characters actually sound American. See, that's uh, the thing. That's the one advantage that Beyond Two Soul has on Yeah, at least um, it sounds Heavy like Rain. that. At least the cast is good. Yeah, Heavy Rain had um, uh, French actors. Distractingly terrible actors. And, like, trying to do American accents. Yeah. And just it, weird. Well, the game was supposed to take place in Philadelphia and everyone just yeah. sounds like they got to have head damage. I uh, or found the great... Should I lift up the grate? 
Press my wife y. and I had a lot more fun with Heavy Rain once we actually just switched the dialogue to French and play with yeah, subtitles. Then the game worked a lot more because then um, it was what it was, a foreign game or a foreign film transla- or like poorly translated in English. It was awesome. Uh, so are you going to buy uh, oh, yeah. Two Souls? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I do. In- I-, I think that David Cage is bullshit. And I think, um, uh, what's their name? I keep saying their right name wrong. It's not Quadratic Dreams. It's Quantic Dreams. Quantic Dreams are a bunch of weirdos, and they do dumb things, and the games aren't necessarily fun, but I'm glad they exist, and I'm glad they keep getting money. And at the end of the day, I do want to see Ellen Page punch people, and that's a huge part of the game, so I enjoyed that deeply. Is and there so. anything in the demo that you played that explains why she's, she ends up in Iraq? Is she like an ex-soldier or something? She's, uh, it's very clear that um, she's drawn or in. Afghanistan she ends up in, not Iraq. She's uh, taken in by scientists to study her abilities and then is... Um, uh, joins the CIA, presumably oh. is made to join the CIA and is an agent. So I think it, maybe it was a prequel to The Exorcist because the uh, according to The Exorcist, Satan comes from Iraq, from the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, the demo is in two parts. The first part you're playing Baby Ellen Page, mm-hmm. and then you kind of jump uh, forward to an additional tutorial that's her being trained in the CIA center, and it's like a little combat tutorial. And then the the second part is um, she's on a train escaping someone, something, and some cops find her, and uh, there's this whole manhunt, and you uh, escape the cops, and then you have this big fight. Uh, you're on, she, Ellen Page is unarmed, and so all you have is your uh, brain bro, and you very quickly see why the she's CIA would bro. want her. Because she takes out, like, a shit ton of dudes. Just, or at yeah. one point, Aiden takes out the Aiden. I think they call him Aiden. Which yeah. is weird, because I think the main character from Watch Dogs is also called Aiden, too. This is, like, the fall of Aiden's. Um, yep. It's interesting. They do it. The the, voc- the way he vocalizes is, like, this growling, animalistic sound that's really yeah. interesting and really scary, which is kind of a cool element. I don't know. I'm intrigued. It's weird. It's different. And as a female protagonist, I'm going to, of course, I'm going to buy it. Whatever other garbage. Though it's really unfortunate that they keep gunning for this realism. Because mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's the whole Uncanny Valley thing. Um, you get the feeling that David Cage doesn't quite get the gist of what video games are supposed to be. That video games aren't necessarily supposed to be a reality simulator. That they're supposed to be something that approximates reality, but still is well, you kind of could, removed from reality? Counterpoint, he is trying to simulate reality so that you can play a disembodied spirit who fucks with reality. That's so you could argue that he believes that like the closer to the reality is, then all the more alarming this these tweaks you make. Even in Heavy Rain, they explored that by placing it in the near future and having the FBI agent who had that crazy technology, so his office was like all that other garbage. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's like trying he, by making things real, then the the unreal becomes all more unreal. Blah blah. blah. Is Beyond Two Souls is that like an actual like sixty dollar retail release? For some reason, yeah. I got the impression that it was just going to be like some kind of cheap downloadable kind of thing. Nope, man, dude. Dude, that game is expensive. Have you looked at it? It looks expensive, dude. They spent Fuck money. Maybe I just like hated uh, Heavy Rain so much. I just retroactively just assumed like any game that comes uh, that comes out from the future from that studio is just going to be some kind of like Nintendo 3DS eShop release because no one would uh, actually give them money to make a, another a whole like you know retail game. Nope, um, I am personally supporting them. That dude they hired to render each and every single one of Ellen Page's pores. That's me. Oh man, it's killing me. So this has nothing to do with what I'm about to talk about. But I think I kind of gave up on Animal Crossing last yeah. night. 
it was one of those things where like it got to be about 11:30 last night. I was playing some GTA and I was like, oh man, it's only like I only got half an hour to go see KK Slider and get my song for the week. And part of me was just like, eh, I don't <gasps> care. You at KK Slider? It has been. When did that game come out in June? Yeah. Now it's just September or it's October. It's been four months. It's almost exactly four months since the game came out. I just kind of like went. Eh, I can't be bothered. I'm just I've got to burn out on Animal Crossing. Wow. Which is the longest I've ever stuck with Animal Crossing. Yeah. I've literally played it every day since it this since the game came out. Oh. And this is and I think yesterday was actually the first day I didn't even I didn't even fire up the town to see what was going on inside my city. Oh man. Uh, so that's, that's it. The end day. of the year. I mean, I'll still keep on playing, but the, the, this is the end of me. Habitually playing New Leaf every day ever since it came out. So. Well, Bill, congratulations on moving on or starting to move on. <laughs> it's the passing of a gaming age for Bill Mugger. It's so sad. Uh, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the cartridge out of my 3DS and tape it to a graham cracker and push it across uh, a small water puddle and then throw a flaming match at it. It would be kind of like a little Viking funeral for Animal Crossing. Oh, okay. Why a graham cracker? Why not like a, make a little boat out of a newspaper? Shut up. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I just watched Kingdom of Heaven, so that's in my mind. Oh, that's a good point. Too. Wait, who? Do they do a Viking funeral for anybody? In no, the but there is a kid who makes a paper boat. Oh, that's right. Goes so that. That's when they're showing the old irrigation scene. Yeah. Did you talk about Kingdom of Heaven last week? I think I we did. did at length. Yeah. At length. Anyway, oh, Bill, man. what else is up with you, my friend? Man, what else I do? Um, did you see Legend of Korra last night? No, I'm now. I've only watched the two like. The first two episodes of Legend of Korra. Oh, you gotta catch up. Are you, did you not buy the season pass on iTunes? No, I bought um, Parks and Rec instead, and I'm broke right now, so I gotta be good. It's you know, be... Parks and Recreation is aired for free on TV. Bill, I don't watch TV at all. You may as well say you know that Legend of Korra is on cable. It is you just, just thirty as... bucks. You just drop thirty bucks on a TV show. You could just go like turn on the TV. And go, oh, free. Time is money, worth my it. friend. I'm not. I'm not ever at my TV. Did you watch the f- first thing of Parks and Recreation though? Yeah, I was, was so talking good. about that last week. You hadn't seen that when they go to London. It was very cute. It was and so the, good. And, and the weird way they explain that what's his face is not going to be around for half the season too. Uh, where he's like, oh, I got to stay in London. Man, what's his name? Peter Sir. Uh, uh, what's his name? Serafowitz. I can't remember his name. Serif Serif Whatever. He's hilarious and so good. I love him as British Andy. It's so oh, good. Oh yeah, no, that's fantastic. Um, you didn't miss much with Legend of Korra. Le- Legend of Korra is still pokey. Although uh, some of the action did move back to Republic City, so you get to see Lin Bei Fong very quickly. Aww. And oh, and was Asami's uh, poised to become a war profiteer? She's gonna start selling what? mecha tanks for to uh, the Southern Water Tribe to f- help fight the Northern Water Tribe. Wow. And Asami is now. Bolin is now starring in a series of uh, silent film documentaries about propaganda movies about the Southern Water Tribe. It's all like Nanook of the North uh, bullshit. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, it's 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 very kind of cute. Yeah. No oh, man. Animation is still terrible. Oh, it had one of the worst background paintings I've ever seen on Legend of Korra. Where like even the background paintings in Legend of Korra are usually beautiful. And there was one establishing shot that looked like somebody just threw together like. Five minutes before the show, uh, the episode had to air. Oh, jeez. Man, still rough around the edges. I still have a good time watching it, but yeah, whatever. Uh, what else? What else? Um, we are both in slow motion today. Bill, tell oh, me so, about Breaking Bad. Oh, Breaking Bad ended. What do you think about the finale, Annie? I'm sure you heard about it. Oh, God, I did, actually. I know more about the finale of Breaking Bad than I do about the entire show Breaking Bad. Oh, wait, Bad. how'd you hear about it? Like, who spoiled Everyone, it? Oh, ever. Everyone. 
Just my entire Twitter feed, just losing their well, shit about it. Did you have like coworkers it. or friends, like in real no. in real life, talking about it? No. Oh, just it was just Twitter. All my coworkers are girls, like girly no, okay. girls. Dude. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're working with the the clueless group. They're all sweet sweethearts, but they're too busy like doing things with their lives, like making art and having dinner and going outside. Oh no! When I say clueless group, I wasn't saying that. I wasn't saying that. that uh-huh. Miss Merch them. No I'm one saying... ever says they're like the girls from Clueless in a way I'm that is the respectful. This is cute, and her oh, her boy, her boyfriend is what's his face Donald from, uh, Faison. Yeah, unrelenting hunk Donald Faison. They got good taste in, in Bill. In... Tell me about Breaking Bad. Tell me all your Breaking Bad feels. It was good. They kind of pulled some punches, but if you ever wanted to get into Breaking Bad, at least you can get into it knowing that they didn't totally fuck up the ending. It's not like it turned into a Lost or Battlestar Galactica kind of situation where the ending retroactively even made the rest of the series look like shit. Yeah. It was it was a good ending. Uh, so much so that even, what was it, Damon Lindelof, the guy who, one of the uh, creators of Lost came out, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he was inspired by the... Something about how the ending of Breaking Bad inspired him to finally come to terms with how everyone hated the ending of Lost. Yeah. Um, which, it should have actually been the opposite, considering this the end of Breaking Bad was kind of like how you make a good, good, good blueprint for how you make a good finale, whereas the end of Lost... I still can't believe how bad Lost ended. Oh my god. Just him, just even him showing up in the news this week talking about the end of Breaking Bad. I'm kind of surprised they even let him talk about the end of Breaking Bad because he shouldn't... He's totally unqualified to talk about how to make a good ending of anything. Um, not that I hate Damon Lindelof, but it's just, like, his reactions to stuff and... Oh god. I remember when, uh... The first season of Game of Thrones first came out on HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an interview somewhere with uh, George R. R. Martin where they were talking about whether or not he had an ending plan for the series of books and how that would affect the TV show if they if the TV show ever hung around long enough to get to the end of the books. And George R. 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 Martin said something to the effect that, no, don't worry, it's not going to be a lost situation. We have an ending in place and it's going to be good. And Damon Lindelof spent the next... I, I was following him on Twitter at the time. He spent the next couple weeks just flipping out about that. At first, he was all acting hurt, and then he was acting all like he was just kidding about acting hurt. And then he kind of like stopped act, acting like he was kidding. He was, he was going back to sulking about being hurt by JG, by George R. R. Martin saying that. And just like, it's one thing if you're going to write crap, but if you're going to be sulky about it... And, I mean, I can just understand him being hurt because he's got like thousands of people jumping on him on Twitter. You can't make a move on Twitter without people jabbing yeah. him about, about the stuff he's written. But he seems like a nice guy. Everyone I know has ever met him said he's a total sweetheart. And not to say everything he's ever written is totally terrible, but Basically, at some point it's you have complicated, to, Bill. Yeah, but at some point you have to deal with the fact that like some of the shit you've written is not good and fucking deal with it rather than just like getting all wrapped about who's saying what and what the fans are saying and I don't know, it's just, it just weird to see him kind of like hitching his wagon to the whole Breaking Bad finale train when that has nothing to it's do with him. But. It's really easy for you to say that, dude, when you don't have thousands of people I tweeting know, at you. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's easy for me as a fan, as a burned fan to say that. But, I don't know, yeah, but, like, regardless of whatever this means, Breaking Bad ended nicely. Because, like I said, it was one of my favorite TV shows. It ended well. If they, like, if they pulled a couple story punches where it could have, for a show that tended to break its toys pretty often, they really could have broken all of their toys at the end. Sure. And they decided not to. Um, but... Yeah, this is, I had a good time watching it. I had friends over. We made mega nachos, mega southwestern style nachos to celebrate the Albuquerque set Breaking Bad finale, and it was a good time. 
I'm glad not, you enjoyed your TV. But this way, I do not regret all the obsession and all the time and energy I've put into watching that show. It was a nice okay. little little. That's excellent. It's bon very rarely you can say that was an emotionally rewarding finale to an American TV show. Yeah, because like I said, the last couple of TV shows. I'm trying to think of the last couple. Of sh- Man, have they said whether or not this season of Parks and Recreation is going to be the last season? No, it they'll keep going like if they let it keep going. Because I know there's no specific plan in place. They, I know they just get renewed season by season. But I don't know. Because it's something about... A couple other people have asked me if I've heard about this. Because it seems like for some reason this season, even though it's only three season, three episodes old, kind of feels like it could be a last season. Because you've got... Uh, what's her face and what's his face going off to have a baby? And Perkins and Chris Traeger. Yeah, how can you? The names of that show are so phenomenal. How can you forget any of the names? Chris Traeger is such a good name. And Uh, Perkins. To be fair, you never hear the words and Perkins very often on that show. Chris Traeger just says them five times (laughs) per episode. Uh, But no, with them leaving and Star-Lord kind of being AWOL for a big chunk of the show... Like, I, I would almost actually have that show rather, pretty much end with this season rather than them try to go on for years with, like, like half the cast missing and, I don't know, we'll see. All I know is that the, um, the <clears throat> proposal on uh, this week, or that Parks and Rec, was pretty much how my proposal is going to go when weddings are legal in Oregon and the marriage is going to be pretty much identical when what marriage is legal in Oregon. Oh, was that a gag in this week's episode? The gag of the wedding in the opening episode. Oh, that's right. Where it's just oh, I forgot that got uh, that was such a quick thing. I totally forgot the exactly. Got married. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, uh, spoilers! People don't watch Parks and Recreation. Two characters got married in the first episode of this season, and uh, it was very quick. Very spoilers quick. to people who don't watch the show and clearly do not care. Speaking of, let's move on. Grand Theft Auto Five. How you enjoying it, Bill? It's the best game I've ever played. How? On the on the best games that you've ever played, where does it rank? Number two or number one? What's really a shame is that it is. F- I enjoy the game. It's beautiful. I do. You're absolutely right. I do like the relationship between Franklin and Michael. That's interesting. Yeah, so um, not that there's a lot of meat there, but just no. But just to have, it's a different sort of relationship the, to have a black guy and a white guy hanging out and having a good time. That in itself is kind of unique in video games. Yeah, and, and to have like a young black man and an older white guy, no less. Yeah. like of two from two totally socioeconomic places but still getting together and having a beer um i uh you know and it's a beautiful game it's gorgeous but it's interesting it's just they're not terribly interested in fun like you can you you just it doesn't take many bullets to kill you no you know and it's just yeah no this game you have to work for being successful in this game unlike even any other gta you have to be really on your toes in terms of what you do and just even like there's a lot of ui issues and how just basic game design stuff about how they could have streamlined some of the process of doing things in the game that they didn't do because Rockstar kind of seems to exist in this like Nintendo like bubble where they don't really pay attention to what's going on in the rest of the industry. They just kind of do their own thing. Well, they really which kind believe of leads to some outdated uh, game design. They believe in in their in their vision trumping anything else. Yeah, like the one thing that Grumpy Turtle said, he was like, "Watch out, Annie! You're gonna be really annoyed by the fact that uh, the game changes your clothes for you." And I was like, what are you talking about? And, of course, what happens in this game is that as you switch between characters and you go through moments, time passes and characters will be wearing different costumes, which is fine, and it makes sense, and it adds to the realism. But when you've just dropped $500 on clothes, and now your guy isn't going to default to wearing them. Like, they, to be fair, it does seem to, like, they change you back into clothes that you've bought. So if you want to keep your clothing selection limited, only buy one suit. 
But there, like, there's there's the one flip flop ensemble I bought for Michael that he keeps on defaulting to. Or <laughs> like, I, yeah, exactly. I bought him a five thousand dollars suit. And I'm like, motherfucker, you're wearing five dollar flip flops, and I bought you two thousand dollar Gucci shoes. The hell are you doing here? I get what they're doing oh. because basically you're dressed for the moment that you catch the character in and for whatever yeah. acts they're doing. Like, yeah, but if it's the all about at the beach. They're not going to be in a suit. They're going to be in flip flops. Yeah. Exactly, and it adds to their control and their realism. But then again, it's about them controlling as yeah. opposed to you having a good time. And like it's I said, when you're dropped into those vignettes, it's kind of cool because uh, you're dropped into very specific situations where you might be running down the beach because you just stole someone's bike for some reason. You don't know why, but you're just dropped in the middle of this weird situation. So you are dressed for the beach, but it does kind of rob you of, yeah, I just dressed this character exactly how I want them to look, and now they're different. It's, but it makes sense. It gives the, allows them this whole immediate res thing, um, and the characters are living lives, and blah, blah, blah. So that's, you know, I was like, whatever. But then on top of that, like, I, just all the missions make me feel so gross. Like, I was doing this side mission for the paparazzi guy. Oh, yeah, those are just kind of the, the grossest worst. missions in the game. That, the worst. I, I have played, uh, I guess there is a torture mini game or a torture mission in the game, that I heard when the game first launched, people were flipping out about. I've played that, and that, I did not, I've done far worse things in video games than this stupid torture. I've done worse things in other Grand Theft Auto games than what I've done in this torture uh, mission. But I thought the working for Beverly... The paparazzi guy was even a greasier, more fucked up mission set than what you do in this torture uh, mission. Yeah, so I mean, just fuck that guy. Yeah. Did you do all of his missions? Did you just do like the first one? I've done. They kind of get worse. Yeah, I, I just did the second one. Which where is that you the take one the... where she's having? You're trying to. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's having. Yeah. She's getting butt fucked and. Yeah. She's trying to explain that she's just doing yoga. Never in my life. Have I actually said, like, without someone else drawing my attention to it? Because I am a recovering misogynist. I'll admit that about myself. I just don't think of women, necessarily. That was the first time in my life I ever was like, oh my god, this is so slut-shamey that I am uncomfortable by it. And I thought about it. And Wait, how yeah, are you a recovering misogynist? Well, I just don't think of... I would never stop to think that's slut-shamey. Like, it's just not... I might think, oh, that's bad, that's not right, but I would I never I don't think be... about doing slut-shamey. It's just all just greasy and nasty. Well, <laughs> it's just the way they're... they're nasty. They, they buy in so much to the whole uh, Madonna or whore, or whore thing in well, their characters. Well, they're not even Madonnas. They're all whores. And it seems like well, GTA games are all just, like, sluts and bitches. Or well, uh, sorry, I was thinking about it. At least so far, your aunt, Franklin's aunt, is, uh... uh like just, she's just an ditz and an idiot. She's not oh, a no. yet. She has a conversation with Trevor. Have you unlocked Trevor? I just did. See, that's the thing. I'm like, I ju- I'm doing Trevor's first mission right now. Actually, she and Trevor have one hell of a conversation later on. It's the first time they meet. What kills me is that I liked. I did my first heist. I liked my first heist. That was fun. Oh, that's right. Because like Trevor finds out about the team because you do the heist and yeah, I the love- actually pretty cool. I enjoyed the heist. I love that Trevor does have a rest in peace Michael tattoo. Yeah. It's the no, best. He's that really hung good. up about Michael. Um, which, which, when you did your first heist, which, which, which track did you take? Did you take the sneaky. violent one or the, yeah, the sneaky? And I like the, when you're sneaky, like, you have to go collect, like, the, 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 the knockout gas, and you have to collect the van, and you have to do, like, get, like, get all the constituent parts. Yeah. And, um, that's one of the nice things I still like about this game, because a lot of the stuff you're doing in this game is no longer you're doing missions for other people but like a lot of the missions are you just collecting stuff to do mi- to to do these heists for yourself there's yeah. still some stuff where you're working for other people i i just finished up a spate of missions where you're working for the fbi 
But at least this makes sense why you're working with the FBI. Because that's the problem with a lot of Rockstar games is that you're working for people that you don't know why. Like like James Marston, yeah. you don't know why he's working for people when he could easily just shoot them or walk away. At least this the FBI has shit on the bad guys where they can say, if you don't do what we, we tell you to do, we're going to fuck up your life. And you can understand why the the, the the playable characters would be put in this position of having to work with the FBI. And also but, it sounds like you'll be working with characters so that you can recruit them into your heist Yeah, and that kind of happens too. Did you uh, did you pick any of the ladies for your heist squad? Oh yeah! Anytime yeah, okay. there's going to be a lady, I'm going to pick ladies every yeah, time. Yeah, uh, especially the, 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 the tech lady was Oh was man, definitely... Paige? Yeah! Hell yeah, tattooed um, Paige, I recruited her. But going back to the bad things about GTA, have you played any of the GTA Online yet? No, I haven't touched it. I have no interest in online anything. Um, there's a little intro video when you've... Um, GTA Online, I guess, is supposed to be set a couple months before the single-player game. And it's mm -hmm. all about whatever character you create flying into uh, Los Santos for the first time. You get picked up by Lamar, and he's teaching him how to do all this, this, this kind of GTA kind of stuff. But when he's driving you around the city, showing you what all the sights to see in Los Santos are, like, one of the things you drive past is... Uh, Grumman's Chinese Theater, where they're showing a movie called Bitch in the Trunk, with a poster that I guess is supposed to be a joke about that mission from Red Theft Auto 4 where you take a girl and uh... shove her in the trunk, and they made a joke poster about that? And it's just like, and <laughs> that was the that was one of the big things that people were complaining about the last one. They made it into a joke in this game. It's like, come on, guys. You're making it really hard. <laughs> Even when you're giving, you're trying to give well, this game the benefit of the doubt, it's just like you're see, shoving bullshit back in our faces. That's the mistake. Just yeah. you can't, you can't give GTA any. Because the thing is, they don't care. They don't care about anyone. They're just they unrelentingly they, shit like on said, everything. Yeah, Rockstar exists in this bubble where like, oh god, I don't know. It's just not. I mean, it's just so equal opportunity bullshitty that. It's, I don't know. I mean, it's like, at least it's equal opportunity, but on the other hand, it's just so unrelenting. Yeah. Like, the thing about um, Saints Row is that, I don't know, Grand Theft Auto is... We've talked about this a couple times now, but yeah, Saints Row is a little more all-inclusive, whereas Saints Row, or Grand Theft Auto is just kind of... Yeah, it's just like, I would rather not have every joke be at someone's expense. Yeah. And it's just, the game is so much fun, and the world is so beautiful, and it just has this shit smeared all over it. It's just... Uh, I just still do kind of... I didn't realize, when I first started playing Trevor, I thought I'd be annoyed by him, because he's got this, like... He just seems kind of like a stereotypical, just, like, fucked-up redneck guy. But his hang-ups with Michael, you kind of see how he's kind of, like, like inner, like he's got this weird inner child that's been damaged and he's kind of hurt. Mm -hmm. Like, I actually do like the three leads. I actually like them a bit. Um... The, the, between that and the heist and stuff, this is actually probably my favorite Grand Theft Auto game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I am tired of all the, the, the bullshit writing and sensibilities and sense of humor where it's just like, yeah, no, anyway. So, uh, Bill, you want to talk about making a Return of the Jedi? Yeah, this came out by uh, J.W. Rensler. He's this guy who tends to write a lot of making of books for Lucasfilm and LucasArts and stuff like that. Um, this is the last book in his making of dot 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 original movie trilogy book series. Yeah, it, it's 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 this giant like four hundred page hardcover book about this huge coffee table book about the making of Return of the Jedi. Just oh, that's awesome! And the really in depth, he did a lot of interviews with George Lucas and all the different people who worked on the movies about the making of Return of the Jedi. There's not that much in there that I've read so far that blew my mind off because I've already read so much about the making of these movies. There's not much new information for me to find. Except 
they 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 have a reproduction of some of his original notes, like his first like first page and a half when he was just penciling out vague ideas for what Return of the Jedi was gonna be about. One of his first notes is that Leia would become a slave to the Ewoks. What? Rather than uh, Jabba the Hutt. So uh, aside from the fact that uh, George Lucas obviously just had a boner to make Le- uh, Leia a slave to anybody. Uh, the fact that she was going to be an Ewok slave. Ewok slave. And I was I mentioned that to Dylan, and she just laughed her ass off. And she's like, well, that's that's a trope of old adventure science fiction novels and stuff, the, the, this enslaved princess thing. But I'm like, a Ewok slave? Wow. Anyway, I, just, I wish George Lucas had just gone straight to filming that. I wish no one had stepped in and said, hmm. You know what would be weird? Making her be a slave to those little teddy bear guys. Why not have to be a big, fat, gross slug instead? At least the big, fat guy. It's a commentary on big, lascivious, big, fat guys. As a big, lascivious, fat guy, I could, I could see a little bit of... I could look into that mirror and see my own reflection and go, ooh, that's gross, but yet I'm turned on. Whereas, like, if you have her as a sex slave to teddy bears... That's when you're entering, like, I don't know, Bill. I'm gonna try water zone. I'm gonna throw this back on you that you presume that it's gotta be a sex slave. Like, what if she's like their muffin baking slave or uh, uh, they're they're like when when they when they get hurt and they they need their stuffing pushed back in, yeah, stitched up, yeah. She's the person who does that, yeah, yeah. She's gonna carry the little uh, she's gonna get one of those Yoda backpacks that Luke has during his training montage. Just carry him around all day. No, she's not even she's not even like a sex slave. She just like has to sit on the eggs that the Ewoks lay and keep them warm until spring. All I'm trying to say is that in my fan fiction, Princess Leia is an Ewok palanquin. Palanquin. That's what I'm trying to say. Palanquin. Palanquin. I'm saying it wrong. Yeah. There's a but yeah, this is a carry thing. Anyway, so friends, I'm flagging fast because of this fucking spider bite. So we're gonna take a little break and come back for the Geek Week interview. I'm so very hot that when I rob your mansion, you ain't call the cops, you call the fire station. Cause my food is so sweet, you be zoom, zoom, zoom. Don't even get me started on my bada boom, boom. One left, one right, that's how I organize them. You know I fill my cups, no need to supersize them. Right now you're probably thinking how she getting them jeans. Well, I'm gifted all natural and bursting the seams. So, Annie, what horror movies are you going to watch this Halloween? None of them. No. Are you going to go see Gravity? Possibly. Really? I'm going to be honest. I want to go see it, but I don't go see movies. Huh? Oh, I see. Now you become a homebody. That's it. Uh, I just... I just... Sandra Bullock. I actually so like I Sandra Bullock, and my wife loves Sandra Bullock, and Alfonso Cuaron is one of my favorite filmmakers, and I've been looking forward to this movie for years. But I could lie and say, of course I'm going to go see it. And I want to go see it, but statistically, I'm not going to go see it. Especially since everyone's saying if you go see it, you have to see it in 3D. That's not the way to see it. Because supposedly the script isn't very good, but they said the visuals are so striking. And it's one that, like, even the people I've seen who don't like 3D have been saying, if you're going to go see it, there's, it's kind of like Pacific Rim. If you're going to go see it, you just need to see it on the biggest screen possible. You should see it in 3D. Because it's all about the visual presentation. See, this is part of the reason why I kind of feel like I should stop doing Boy Howdy. Because I'm just not engaging with pop culture anymore, man. I'm, like, out of it. I don't know how oh, to talk about the reasons. I don't realize you even had reasons to quit Boy Howdy. Well, like, what do I have to talk about? I'm like, I got bit by a spider. I played... I'm, I'm building a log cabin in the woods. I'm uh, turning into Ron Swanson. I'm just not talking to anybody anymore. I played some Grand Theft Auto, but not as much as you did. Uh... Mm. 
What are you talking about quit boy? We can't quit boy howdy before the new consoles launch. Holy oh shit. god. We have to do live reporting from waiting in line, making fun of people who didn't order their uh pre-order their consoles on Amazon. By waiting in we line, do you mean sitting on the porch waiting for the Amazon delivery guy to show up? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh man, that'd be great. We get to interview the delivery guys when they show up. We could do like a live stream from both of our respective front porches waiting to see who's gonna get their delivery first. Th could, that like, have... would easily double our listenership from five to ten. Yeah, and people could place bets on us. Which one's gonna get it first? Yeah, we can yeah. make it. We can have a trending hashtag. It's gonna be an Com event. Competitive console waiting. Yeah, that's right, only friends. a month away. All right, friends, it's time to talk about the Geek Week interview. Okay. As presented to us by more than one delightful boy howdy listener, and I love y'all so much. Michelle Rodriguez came out as bisexual this week. Yeah, you know what? I was the first person to hear about this because I do have an, a subscription to Entertainment Weekly. It is the most atrocious piece of shit. <laughs> but this week's issue did have an interview with what who they were calling the $5 billion woman because her movies have made over $5 billion. And it starts off with her talking about, like, what I do with my vagina is my business, but I am bi, fuck you. And that is kind of, like, all she says. But, well, no, yeah, she actually came out. She's uh, she's an interesting woman because she has said a lot of derogatory slurs. In fact, what she said, she's like, people always assume I'm a big old lesbo because I play butch chicks and fuck them. And then she goes, yeah, but chicks are neat and so are dudes, so whatever. Yeah. So what I'm saying is I've got a shot. So that's all this, this port here. Well, she comes to the portal. Yeah, you you have to send uh, send her a little tweet saying, "Hey, we uh, we got a, we got a guest bedroom." Hey, Michelle doing? Rodriguez, you beautiful ripped young woman. How do you feel about uh, middle aged chubby white chicks? All Wasn't right. Wasn't there rumors that she had been dating some of her co stars in some other movies and stuff? Oh yeah. Well, she the whole the reason I don't why I keep track of this stuff. You were the one to tell me that there were suspicions that she was gay, and I didn't even hear about. Well, it. half the reason why people assume that she's gay is because she plays butch roles, and so people ask her yeah. over and over again, and that's why she gets defensive and shitty. Why do they have to be gay to play butch roles? I mean, Gina Carano plays butch roles, and she's, she seems to be about as straight as an arrow. But Gina Carano is also, like, super femmy? Like, super yeah. femmy. And, frankly, not a Latina. Like, if you're a butch Latina, then people assume you're a big ol' lesbian. Why Latina? Why, why would that enter it? Well, just because there's, there's some very, um, you know, you've got some really set, like, um, cultural tones for what femininity is. And okay. it's a little more emphatic than it is. Like, um, Hispanic culture has way more hyper-feminine and white... Well, not way more. But there's really hyper-feminine and hyper-masculine ideals. And, you know... Well, it makes sense. It's a Catholic culture. It's kind of very straight into the... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, also in that Entertainment Weekly article, they also had, like... They were ranking, like, the top five most powerful Latino women in Hollywood. Half of them, you wouldn't even know they were Latina. Like, number two was Zoe Saldana from the Star Trek movies. I had no idea she was... I thought she was black. I didn't realize she was part Latino. Uh, Latina. And it was like, like, Eartha Kitt. Or Eartha like Kitt. Something. I miss Eartha Kitt. But not even like Eartha Kitt. It was like people like... like there, there needs to be more pure-blooded Latinas in Hollywood. It's funny. Pure-blooded like, Latinas. But you know what I mean? When, like, the top five of most powerful Latinas in Hollywood are, like, people you just thought they were black or they're mostly I'm, black, but they're just a little Latina. I'm uh, not ever talking about race with you, Bill. I just refuse to engage. Ah! Zelda 3DS will switch up the Zelda formula a bit by allowing you to rent slash buy the tools you would otherwise find in dungeons you and say overall buy? shops and said Rent slash buy. That's, Did I'm you reading. say that Link is buy now? Did he come out too? <laughs> to rent slash buy the tools you would otherwise find in dungeons and overworld shops instead and let you attack the dungeons in any order. 
In an interview with Gamasutra, Link did admit that sometimes he thinks about rescuing Tingle before he <laughs> rescues the princess. He's kind of torn sometimes. Wait, what do you expect from a guy who wears little, little tiny little pants and no, well, no, a tiny little skirt and no pants underneath? You done? It's like Mr. B Natural. If, if Mr. <laughs> B Natural had an adventure game. Phil, explain to me why this is notable. Oh wait. <laughs> You read through it. I wasn't even paying attention. The actual oh, no, news. This is, well, no, like like the normal Zelda formula. Not that you would know because you hate Zelda. Um, have you ever actually played much of any Zelda game? Enough to even like get through a dungeon or anything? No. So what the normal structure of a Zelda game is, uh, there's usually... Uh, what what the games eventually turned into is that there's, you know, like like six or seven or eight different dungeons. and But the dungeons can only uh, be entered in order because the first dungeon you're directed to has an item that unlocks the next dungeon. Like, it'll be like a raft or something that you can only access sure. with that item you get from the first dungeon. And, uh, which, so made it so, like, the game is very, like, the, the more recent Zelda games are all very linear. Uh, with this, this changes up, so you can buy any of the items whenever you want, if as long as you have enough money, and none of the dungeons are specific to any one item that you need to get through there. Because usually, also, when you collect an item inside of a dungeon, most of the puzzles in that dungeon are related to that item. Like, if you get the raft, there might be a lot of rafting parts or something like that. Or if you get, like, an ice rod, like, a lot of the puzzles in that dungeon are going to be about ice stuff. Mm -hmm. And this, like... Yeah, I guess you can enter any of the dungeons whenever you want, and all the dungeons will be all mixed up between which items you're, you're supposed to use and stuff. And so I guess maybe you're supposed to, uh, through just the, uh, just, I don't know how you're supposed to figure out, like, which, what items you're supposed to bring into a dungeon with you. Or, like, how they're going to solve the thing that, like, from a gameplay, from a game design perspective. Yeah. How they can ensure that you, the player will have the right tools going into a dungeon in order to get to the end. Especially, like... The, like like you mentioned, like you can just rent some items, hmm. which which seems to suggest that you could run out of some items after so many uses. So what happens if you get halfway through a dungeon that requires like say like uh like fire arrows and you run out of fire arrows? That how do you keep from just being stuck in the dungeon? Or I don't know, it'd be kind of interesting. But yeah, no Zelda the, the whole Zelda series has definitely needed a shake up design sure. wise, and this seems to be a nice uh, first step towards that. So. Hmm. A lot more open worldy. If you can like enter any of the dungeons whenever you want, it's not a prescripted. Yeah. List of like you gotta go here, you gotta go there. That's kind of nice. A little more explorer friendly. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So basically, you're saying breaking news: Nintendo adds a feature to a game that video games have had for like the last twenty years. Welcome to 1994. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine if Skyrim, if like all the dungeons in Skyrim, you can only do it in very specific order because you only get the items in very specific. Like, yeah. No, that's not the way games are really played anymore. But, but you know, I I I don't have I have nothing against a guided, nuanced sort of order of things, and you have a natural progression. Like, yeah. I, I have no problem with that. I think an open worldy thing is cool, but I like kind of the gradual build up and growth. I don't know. Yeah, but like even the first Zelda game, the very first one for the yeah. Nintendo, you could it was a little more open freeform, and a lot of the, the the dungeons you could complete out of order. One of my favorite moments in video games was when I when I was playing the original Zelda game, and I think I beat the fourth dungeon before you could de de before I defeated the third one. I was like, oh man, I'm super cool and super powerful. Yeah, yeah woo! But um, oh, video games. Bill notes homophobic pasta. Bill, tell me about homophobic pasta. So, what do you like, Barilla pasta? Uh, I do not have pasta brand preference. Really? Mm 
Did you never get the food poisoning from the, as much pasta as I have in my life? Uh, I what I do know is that I may not have an opinion about Barilla pasta, but it sure does have an opinion about me. Well, see, do you not do you not usually get most of your pasta from the dollar store like I do? I get it from the dumpster behind the dollar store. Oh, that's even better. Go dumpster diving for like uh, Fifty Shades of Grey books and cheap pasta. <laughs> So yes, the, have you ever tried to tie up a sexual partner? The president with, or something. Uh huh. The Italian president or whatever of this it's, pasta company. It's like company a sex game. You gnaw through the. Came out and know, said, "Hey, uh, basically, <laughs> our pasta is for traditional families." And when yeah. responded to by saying, uh, "Are you really going to alienate your potential gay customers just by saying your pasta is for traditional families?" And he basically just said, "Well, it is for traditional families," and. There you go. Homophobic pasta. I'm yeah, shocked. Italian families are always known for being so uh, I was gonna say, I'm shocked and not angry or not fucked up and I'm know. shocked that an elderly man from a Catholic country came out and said uh va- that he valued traditional families over Was this guy actually Italian? Like Catholic? Yeah. I don't even actually see what the guy is like. He's in Italy. This is all translated. Oh, he is from actually Italian. I'm, I'm kinda surprised because I assume any pasta companies from like is from like Nebraska yeah. or something. Yeah. Um okay. Alabama. All so if you Alabama want that authentic pasta. racist uh, homophobic taste in Mm-mm. your pasta, I mean to be fair, that is the most authentic Italian pasta. I was gonna say that is traditional, right exactly. Um, well, it's funny because then it also this led to um, a lot of other pasta companies coming out with their gay-friendly pasta advertisements all of a sudden, like like pictures of pasta different colors and you know a pasta being you know raised next to an AIDS clinic and <sighs> yeah all kinds of things like that. So it was kind of. It's kind of like an Oreo. Was it what 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 caused Oreo to suddenly come out with like rainbow Oreo commercials and stuff? All I know is that I'm sure glad we've solved all the rest of the world's problems. That that gay shit is number one on everyone's mind. That the the mm-hmm. the downfall of homosexuals as a people is predominant in everyone's mind. You know. Just like there's an infection coursing through my flesh, there's an infection pulsing through, pulsing through the culture. Hey, Annie, what an did you do to celebrate the government shutdown this week? Wept. Laid you back know, on I, my sofa. I owe money move. for taxes, and this means I don't have to owe any more money for taxes if there's no more government. That's what left. that means. That's literally what this it means. This is the best. This is the best. I get off scot-free. Thank you, GOP. God. What else? In more important news, the Godzilla teaser trailer apparently got leaked this week. What did you think? I didn't see it. Annie's melting. <laughs> I like Godzilla. <sighs> it's Godzilla talking about... What's what's the Oppenheimer quote about I have become death? It's weird because Godzilla's talking. He's quoting that Oppenheimer. Oh, wait, no. I didn't see the teaser trailer, but I did see Tumblr gifts of the teaser trailer. So I pretty much probably saw the same thing. Oh, yeah, no, because you don't really see that much. It's, it's Godzilla sitting... He's, like, crushed a couple buildings, and there's smoke and, and dust and stuff. He's, like, saying... He says, fuck Pacific Rim, guys. It's real shit. And then he's talking. But he's talking... <laughs> you don't see his lips move? He just turns the camera and goes, man, Idris Elba sure is hunky. <laughs> I should have been in that movie. They shit, son. Me. I'm gonna I, stomp on everything but him. Unless but he yeah, wants dude, me to. Like. There's going to be a new Godzilla movie coming out next year. It's actually, you know who it's? It stars Breaking Bad. So I'm going to love it. Wait, which Breaking um, Bad? The main Breaking Bad. Oh, Brian Cranston? Yeah. It stars Malcolm's dad? Yeah, and actually, supposedly he's playing the main character's dad in the movie. Uh, Could Malcolm be 
Actually, There's your fan off. fiction right there, my friend. Malcolm in the middle between a, a gypsy danger and a Godzilla. There we go. This Did you see but the Pacific Rim actually came out on uh, iTunes this week? No. Yeah, I was re-watching some bits of it. That movie's ridiculous. You know, but it was tenaciously ridiculous. It was exactly oh, yeah, no. what it said on the tin in a way that many movies are not nowadays. So what bless else? it. The Simpsons got renewed for its 26th season, and they're going to kill off a major secondary character. It could be Apu, since there's a rising tide of distaste for what a racist character he could be. Yeah, I never really thought about this, but yeah, there's there's a lot of Indian people are not uh, happy with Apu, because he is kind of a racist, fucked up stereotype. Yeah. Which is funny, because I don't think of Apu in, in, in all the racist aspects. I think of Apu in all the sweet aspects that he Yeah, because done. he's he, he's actually one of the few smart, hardworking characters on the whole show. Yeah. And it's not like he's a bad guy. But th- that's the thing. I don't know if the stereotype of the Indian 7-Eleven worker was if Apu's supposed to be kind of a joke on that. Or I don't know if that actually is a stereotype only now because of Apu. <laughs> Uh, but it's funny that how pretty much the cultural stereotype of Indian people pretty much comes from Apu. And I Simpsons. think I think that's the problem. Yeah, that's 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 kind of the problem. You yeah. know, it's like, I mean, there's all, also there's... frankly, two white people should not determine what is racist or not. So yeah, well, even uh, and I have not face? watched The Simpsons in about a decade. Yeah, Hank Azaria, the guy who does the voice of Apu, has even come out and said, "Yeah, I can kind of see where people are coming from." Uh, th- with that, in conjunction with the reveal that they're going to care off a major, uh, kill off a major secondary character, I kind of wonder if this is they're just going to get rid of Apu sometime this season. Which is weird because everyone was hoping like this the twenty this is this year the season that has just started airing like, actually I think this week with the Treehouse of Horror with the intro that's actually directed by Guillermo del Toro. Did you see that? No. Yeah. Uh, this is the 25th season of The Simpsons, mm-hmm. and this is also the year that the, the, the contract is up for the voice perf- uh, performers, and every time there's a voice uh, contract negotiation with the yeah. voice cast, that's always this big, long, drawn-out thing. So everyone assumed that this was going to be the final year of The Simpsons, uh, but I guess not if they've been picked up for season 26. Man, that's not... Yeah, Bill, you need to know that if anything happened in pop culture or otherwise this week, I didn't know about it because I was literally laying on my sofa. I was so pathetic that I couldn't even play much in the way of video games. The only reason why I played so much Grand Theft Auto is that I have to lay down, like, entirely flat. And because of the way our living room was arranged, I couldn't really turn and see the TV without getting severe vertigo. Uh-huh. And so fully actually rearranged our living room so that I could play video games and watch television without killing myself. So it's like you're at a hospice. Pretty much, dude. My poor wife. My poor put-upon wife. She's been very kind to me. Yeah, and so considering that like the, the, the her favorite part of you is now infected, too. I know, right? For everybody, too. Oh. Steam Machine prototype specs were revealed this week. Uh, it will not be one particular design being sent out uh, for beta this winter. Rather, it's the same box with different GPU and CPUs packed inside. Maybe retail units will be smaller, offering l- different levels of power? Question mark. Well, Bill, they've come out and said that concretely. That there will be different form factors and design specs that they're just going to have a baseline. Well, I just didn't know whether or not like every manufacturer is going to have its own different array of different... Yeah. Like, hardware inside, or if there's just going to be, like, three tiers that Valve recommends, like, yeah. you, there'll, there'll be, like, a like a, like a mama bear, a, a papa bear, and a baby bear 
steam machine or if there's going to be a bazillion different kinds where like shopping for a steam machine may be as complicated as actually stop shopping for an actual real gaming pc where it's, you're not quite sure what is what but hopefully they keep it relatively streamlined so you can yeah. so it makes it easy for i mean because this console is pretty much designed for people like us yeah people want to play pc games but they were used to the console experience you want to make it easy i just want a box that i hook up to my tv and guarantees that I can play PC games for the next couple years. Yeah. I mean, it's helped by the fact that all these consoles are supposed to be upgradable, so even if you get a low-power one, there's nothing keeping you from upgrading it, but... Yeah. What I, I do... We'll find out more about that next year. This is the first time they've come out and talked about price at all, and they really just mentioned it just to say, um... <coughs> excuse me, that it will be, um... not only a more appealing f form factor for people who want something in the living room, it'll also be more appealing price point. For yeah. people who don't necessarily want to shell out for a high-end gaming rig. Although some of the like, specs in there are pretty goddamn powerful. I think yeah. one one of, the, one of the spec lineups had like 18 gigs of RAM, which is twice... Or 16 gigs, which is twice twice as much RAM as either of the two new consoles coming out. And well, when you consider that... Um, terabyte hard drive. When you consider that a, a good high-speed gaming rig could cost up to two grand. Yeah. It's not hard to say a better price point than that. Because if, if it's a grand, if it's 750 then it's, you know... Yeah, I was watching, um, there is, uh, Adam Savage from Mythbusters, he hosts a tech, uh, YouTube show called Tested, and, uh, this week they had a whole hour-long video about how, pretty much how to build your own gaming PC, mm -hmm. and even watching that, I'm like, holy fuck, I have no idea what the hell they're doing, like, you yeah. stuck a gun to my head, even watching something that is supposed to be a video designed for people like us, like, here's how to design your own gaming PC, I'm just like, I just, I don't know what they... Like, you put the eDRAM and the S thing, and they got to get this thing, and they have the grounded things, and you have all these tools, and just like, oh, man, that's size. No. That's not what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to put something together that's co that complicated, I want it to be a model of the Enterprise. <laughs> See, like, I'll install... I'll do mild electrical work. I'll build things. I'll install... So you like, be good at that. Yeah, because at least you no. understand what grounding is and what electricity does. Mm, mm. Yeah, dude, all it means all it means is that I get use the right ladder and I wear rubber-soled shoes. I don't know if I would actually qualify myself as any more knowledgeable than no. you. Um, Matt Smith filmed his last scene as the 11th Doctor on Saturday morning. It's so sad. It made me cry. He's still my favorite Doctor. He had some of the worst episodes of Doctor Who ever since it come back. Right. But... Well, you didn't was... say your favorite written Doctor. You just said your favorite Doctor. Yeah, yeah for performance-wise. Uh, just, it was funny because the news that he had just finished filming his last scene just came across the wire as I was actually working on the 11th Doctor bits of this 50th anniversary Doctor Who thing I'm, I'm working on right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was funny that news came across, yeah, just, just then... And uh, while I was watching that for inspiration, I actually had Matt Smith's first episode on Netflix. I was watching that when news came across Twitter. He had just finished his last scene. It was so kind of like... Mm -hmm. boop, 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 boop. I'm glad yeah. you mourned the passing appropriately. Yeah, I forgot how much I really dug the, that early stuff with him and Amy Pond. and It was, the it was one good. Rare, it was the one rare thing that got you into Doctor Who for like, yeah. about, like about half a season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the whole kind of fairy tale aspect of Matt Smith and running around with young Amy Pond and it's all kind of goofy and funny and yeah. Before all the River Song stuff kind of came in and kind of like <laughs> See, I even liked plot. the River Song stuff at first. It was just no, a I little River Song is a character, but like all the things about like who is River Song, yeah. where does she come from, yeah. and how she related to the Doctor just became so burdensome and hence my not at interesting. first exactly. Yeah. 
Oi. And with that, friends, just as we said goodbye to Doc, uh, uh, Doctor Who, Mr. Matt Smith, we now say goodbye to this week's episode of the Boy Hattie Podcast. As always, we are boyhattiepodcast.com, at boyhattiepodcast on Twitter, uh, howdy at boyhattie.com. Whatever. <laughs> we have an email, whatever. Go to our website and use our form if you want to. Um, uh, otherwise, we'll talk to y'all next week about uh, some other stuff. What's happening this week to look, get excited about? Uh, well, if we go see Gravity. Bill will talk about Gravity. Gravity. Annie will probably still be at home uh, putting her boob in traction. And uh, it's okay if you have to regenerate because you die of the, of the spider bite. <laughs> you, Annie, you, you'll always be my favorite Annie. I, I always like the fourth Annie, but I'll, I'll deal with the fifth Annie when okay. she regenerates. Good but, to know. Yeah. I appreciate that, Billy. All right, friends, we'll talk to y'all next week. That I forget.